Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with Argentina-born, New York City-based jazz pianist and composer Emilio Tubal. He celebrates the release of his sixth solo album called Futuro in February of 2023. He has recorded over 20 albums as a band leader and sideman and is also a prolific composer and arranger. Emilio identifies his artistry and creative search to the music of Latin America and the permanent elasticity of stylistic limits. We get into all of this and so much more about his life and music. Enjoy. I'm glad we could connect. Thank you for taking a minute out. And no, of course. Before, yeah, thank you for coming. Yeah. yeah, you bet, man. And before we get into your new album, Futuro... I want to know how you survived COVID. You know, we're all coming out. You know, you're in a hotbed of jazz in New York. How did you make it through it? And how did that process subsequently change the way that you approach your music and your life now? The, the truth is that um, there's, like, a lot of things that I do that it, that it doesn't imply, like, being doing gigs outside. You know, I, I teach a lot. So I kept teaching, you know, and uh, I kept teaching online. I kept doing uh, sometimes I do arrangement. I do a, a lot of other things th- than just playing gigs, no? Like a lot of music-related things. So there's a lot of things that I continue doing, no? So that was fine. And the truth is that uh, as a composer, musician, a lot of artists that I I, I speak. Sometimes we are kind of used to being in our house, working on having like time, and sometimes we're looking forward to to a moment in which we really have time to work on our craft and just like do all these musical projects and creative projects. And the truth is that when the pandemic came, it was like a moment in which I I start writing some string quartets, I start doing all these things that I've been wanting to do for a long time, and I couldn't do. I mean, on the downside, of course, the income totally reduced because there's a lot of other things that, that you're not doing. And I think for me, the hardest thing is that, that I have a, a, a kid in the elementary school, no? So, so trying to kind of like homeschooling him and, and just be with him and having him inside and don't being able to see his friends and all that, that was, I think, the, 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 the hardest part. I think I mean, personally, as, as an artist, musician, it wasn't that hard because I, I get to do a lot of things. I get to. Yeah, I think I, I have two kids that are teenagers, and that was the hardest part for me is to watch them go through it. Um, Futuro is the new album. It's your sixth as a leader. That has to feel good with the new year that started, with everything kind of new and the possibility for live music. How does this release feel for you? No, it feels great, really. I've been I've been looking forward to to just show this this new music part of the music that I did is is it reflects all those years of the pandemic and this idea of of like suddenly living in a in a world that it really looks like a, like the future that I imagined when I was a kid, no. So the truth is that they've been being able to to play it live, being able to gather the musicians and being able to play this music and share this music. It feels really great. It's just like a, it's it's kind of like a, I don't know. In some ways, I I release an album like a piano solo album during the pandemic, and it felt a little bit. I I got like a little of a bitter taste in the sense that uh, that it, people were not really looking forward <laughs> to new albums and stuff like that. And I and I feel that now the audience and everybody is kind of like a little bit more eager to to listen to more music, and it's a, it's a really good moment for. For, for new music, I think. Oh, yeah, I agree. You're originally from Argentina, um, now in New York. Talk to me a little bit about growing up and how 
jazz became your focal point, and even music. So I was, um, my dad, uh, he was an economist, but he was very musical. He, he played music since he was a kid. He wrote a lot of music. He, he composed like contemporary music. My brother is also like a musician. He played music all the time. So music was always present in, in my house. You know? There was always a piano. And the, and the choice that I, I was kind of like learning classical music, like piano, and, and I was playing in rock bands. Mainly I was writing rock bands for my bands in Argentina. And then at one point I, I like the classical world and I like the rock. And then I discovered that jazz was something in the middle. You, you would be playing kind of like energetic stuff with drummer and bass player, but also you can have a lot of the sophistication of the, of the classical music that I, that I like it, no? So that's why I kind of ended up finding that room in jazz and also playing a lot of music from Argentina. That is like, I play a lot of tango music and folk music from Argentina, no? So basically that's, I end up doing kind of like a little bit of blend of everything, uh, writing, composing music, basically. Talk to me a little bit about the very first jazz show that you ever saw that made you feel like this is what you want to do with your life. So, well, that's a good question. I think, I, I can tell you, know that not maybe the first one that I saw, because I think when I was much younger, I saw... I saw some jazz concerts in Argentina that I, I was... A, I mean, I, I'm... I'm I'm embarrassed to say it, but <laughs> I was a little, I was a little, a little kind of like bored, no? And I don't know who, somebody from here came and I was just a little kind of bored about the really long solos and all that. But the moment that I got a little more, uh, more kind of involved is when I start like uh, uh, playing, playing more jazz and understanding a little bit more. And I remember my teacher at the time was called Edgardo Bellin. He was uh, from Argentina, and I went to see him, and and I say, yeah, this is what what I want to do exactly. It was just like the the idea of writing their own music and improvising with their own music, and and not necessarily having to play standards, but improvising with their own kind of terms, no, with their own language, no. So that's that's I, that's the first time that I recall that this is something that I would do, no. So, you know, music is really a labor of love. It's something you wake up and you do every day. But what is it that you look forward to the most in the process of being a musician? I mean, there's so many facets, but what is it that you like the best about this process? If I have to put a label in myself, I would think that I'm, I'm mainly like a, like a composer, no? a pianist and composer, because uh, the moments that I, I have more, I enjoy more are like when I, when I write something and then I try that new thing with a, with a band and then I play that music live. I think that's the most, the most satisfaction that I, that I can get out of, out of the music. Of course, I, I like playing other people's music. I like to play traditional jazz or, or any other music, but the, the, the kind of the peak of my enjoyment, musically speaking, is playing, writing my music and then playing my own music. So if you could get into a time machine and go back in time and see any jazz musician, Anywhere at any, any time. Who would you love to see? Where would you go? I would go to the Village Vanguard to see Bill Evans, Scott Lafaro, Paul Motian, <laughs> that trio. So I would definitely would like to see the, um, the Miles Quintet with, with Herbie, Tony Williams, Ron Carter, and Wayne Short. That's, that's something that, those are the two, two things that I would really like to see. Yeah. So why do you love jazz? Why do I love jazz? I like the idea that in jazz, 
in jazz has is not it has a little bit of a freedom that I find that other styles of music didn't achieve yet. For example, I play a lot of tango music from Argentina, and I feel that the the elasticity of the of the genre of the genre of the style of tango is not that much. People still is kind of a little bit kind of holding to this idea of the tradition, and it it kind of flies, but not as much as 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 jazz. And what I like about jazz is that it got to a point that that is just like a, I mean, it's, there's still roots in a lot of everywhere in a lot of the music, but this is such a wide kind of platform to to write and to improvise that that I, I feel that is like it's uh, it can be it's, it it give me a lot of sense of really creative freedom, no? And that's why I like it a lot. Everyone out there has a perception or an idea of who they think you are, your family, your friends, your fans, but ultimately you're the one that lives your life. What's your perception of you? Who do you think you are? Wow. <laughs> who I am? Uh, I think I'm a, I'm, I'm a, a kind of like a creative musician, and I kind of work hard on, on trying to improve my creativity and trying to find outlets to my creativity, but but definitely one of the the things that I that I have to emphasize is that I really really push it and really work hard because uh, I mean as you might know putting together a record it takes a lot of work a lot of money a lot of and it's uh, and and you can be super creative but if you don't put the effort of of, of on doing all those things it's kind of very hard no to to achieve it. So so that's kind of my definition, no? I'm a creative person but with with a strong will. So I would say now in the beginning of twenty twenty three, with the world opening up more, you have probably one of the most appropriate albums coming out, Futuro. Tell everybody when they can get their hands on this, the best place to get it, and anything about you and live shows that might be coming up in this new year. Yeah, so the album is going to be available in, in February 17. It's going to be available everywhere in Spotify and streaming. Probably a week before, I'm going to put it available in my website for download and also for the physical CD. And maybe Bandcamp, I might do like a, like a week before, no? And the, we're going to do an album release show on February 15 at the Green Room 42. Green Room 42 is in Manhattan. Um, you can get the tickets online and also through my website. All the, that's all the information, and that's kind of the the, the the main kind of event that I have coming up uh, because we're gonna be playing the music of the record. We're gonna be playing with Brian Adler, is one of the drummers that play. Pablo Lanueda is the bass player in all the record, and Sam Sadiburski, yeah, he's gonna be playing clarinet. So yeah, looking forward to to that really. Emilio, thank you for opening up. Thank you for taking time out. Good luck with the album, and have a great 2023, man. Okay, same to you. Thank you so much. Eh? Take care. Thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players in Argentina, New York City, Kansas City, and spots all over the world, giving fans all that jazz. Thanks to Emilio for his time, energy, and cool. If you want to hear more interviews, go to Famous Interviews with Joe Domino on either Spotify or iTunes. Visit NeonJazz at YouTube.com. And for everything Neon Jazz all the time, go to the NeonJazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends. Neon Jazz.